Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensa Wood. What a week it has been. I was with some leaders, um, all from all over, hundreds of leaders actually, from different parts of the country, this, uh, of the world, this, this week. And our goal together is to see a billion people come into the kingdom of God by 2030. That's a lot of people. Amen. <laughs> but it's doable. And I was so blessed. People from all over, leaders from all over the world. And there was even a choir from the church in China. My Lord and my God. <laughs> it was singing and praising God in Chinese. It was all Chinese to me, but it was a blessing. Amen. <laughs> and different, different leaders. But if you think about it, I mean, more, we need to plant more churches, more crusades. But a billion people is not um, impossible. If everybody that goes to church leads one person to the Lord, even just one person to the Lord a year, it can be accomplished very quickly. So you have to see yourself as part of it. We are all part of it. Amen. And together we'll get it done. Amen. And we're talking about different things, um, strategies and Things, but the key is everybody getting involved. And that's exactly what we are talking about in this season. Making your life count or being fruitful. Your life will count in Jesus' name. Amen. I said your life will count in Jesus' name. <laughs> You'll be a part of it in Jesus' name. By 2030, billion people into the kingdom of God. We have to get this thing accelerated. Amen. And your life will count in Jesus' name. I said your life will count in the name of the Lord Jesus. I said your life will count in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Glory be to the name of... You see, Jesus Christ didn't die for Amer just for America. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Asians. Asia has the largest population of people in the world. India, China, South Korea, North Korea. North Korea is going to open up. I said North Korea is going to open up. <laughs> So don't just think here. Think the Africa, Europe. My Lord and my God, we have a lot of work to do. We'll get it done. All right, so in this season, we have been studying about fruitfulness and making your life count. And do you want to know really the secret of fruitfulness? Do you really want to know the secret of making your life count? Now, we were in the mountains recently, and then we saw a rock, and somebody had inscribed on it, and they said, I was here. You know how sometimes in high school and college, people write, I was here. When you leave this world, people will know that you came. Amen. I said, when you leave this world, people will know that you came. Your name won't just be written down saying you were here. No, you will be here. You will have been here, and your life will have counted. Your life will have made a difference in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's look at some keys here. Now, in John chapter 13, um, from verse 9 to 17, there is an account. Jesus is working with his disciples, and he knows that his time has come for him to go to God. And he did something very significant. He washed the disciples' feet. And prior to that, in Matthew chapter 20, Verse 20, then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, what do you wish? 
She said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand and the other on the left, in your kingdom. Jesus answered and said, you, you don't know what you, what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm able to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? So the mother comes and is lobbying for a position for her sons in the kingdom of God. <laughs> this is interesting. We all know that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of, of the Father. So if she sees saying that, let one sit on your right and let one sit on the left. Jesus even hasn't gone back to the Father, and his position is on the right hand, and if they, they already want to kick Jesus out of his place. <laughs> if one sits on the left and one sits on the right, the place that is allotted for Jesus, they already, they, they already booted Jesus out. <laughs> we are going to sit where you are supposed to sit. So they are not interested in anything. They just are interested in the position and the post that they are going to have in the future kingdom of God. Jesus said, this thing, that's not how these things work. <laughs> in John chapter 13, let's, let's look at that account. Again, with the same mindset, so they were all looking for positions. They are all looking for the highest place. They are all looking for the most prominent place to sit. The job of washing the feet of people that came into the house was reserved for seven, the lowest place. That night, nobody wants to do that job. And Jesus gets up. <laughs> and when he gets up, he begins, takes the towel, gets himself as full. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel with which he was gathered. Then he came to Simon Peter and said to him, Lord, why are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I'm doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. So he goes ahead and washes their feet. Verse 12, so he says, when he had washed their feet, taking his garment and sat down, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, notice this, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Blessed are you if you do them. You see, in the kingdom of God, seven service is the prerequisite to greatness. In the world, the world has its values. Listen, put, put, that, put that triangle up, please. The world has its value system. And in the world, the one who is 
at the top and being served is the greatest. The one who is being served and who is at the top, that is the person that is the greatest. But in the kingdom of God, to be fruitful, we must understand that kingdom service it is the greatest standard. In the kingdom of God, so, so the first one, please. The one with the person at the top. We want to take our time and look, and, and look at this. So, okay, so this is the world's value system. The great man is at the top. The servant is at the bottom. But in God's kingdom, it is totally different. Let's go to the next one, please. In the kingdom value system, the great man is the person that is serving people. Jesus said, you consider me to be the greatest. Nobody here wants to wash anybody's feet. That's the job for the servants. And Jesus is saying, now look at me. He got down and began to wash everybody's feet. When he got to Peter, Peter said, no, 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 you, no, please. You are the boss. <laughs> you are the master. You are not going to wash my feet today or tomorrow. I'm not going to allow it. You, you got to love this person. This, this Peter is, 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 when I go to heaven, I'll look for him. Then Jesus said, if I don't wash you, you are not a part of me. And he said, no, no, no. If that's the case, then don't wash my feet. What the whole thing? <laughs> First he said, no, 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 don't wash my feet. Then Jesus said, no, you need to, if you need to be a part of me, you need to be washed. He said, no, then, then please, pour the water out from the top. But that is the key to fruitfulness. We live in a kingdom and the Father receives credit for the service that we do. And so you cannot be fruitful. Your life cannot count in the church and in the kingdom of God without service. And we serve God from a position of gratitude. You see, all everybody everybody who is a child of God and even people who are not saved eventually when they become saved there is a good work that has been prepared for each and every one of us notice Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 this will answer the life of why people are frustrated unfulfilled notice this key verse he says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Hallelujah. 
God has a good work prepared for each and every one of us to walk in those good works. And in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, you will walk in those good works in Jesus' name. Your life will count in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. So you may be watching or listening and you are saying, I'm not walking in any good works. My life was not counting. I'm depressed. I feel hopeless. Life feels meaningless. That's why people commit suicide. They get to hopelessness and despair and feel like, what's the point of life? In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I pray in Jesus' name, may God deliver you from the clutches of death. Because God has a purpose and a plan for your life. Each and every one of us, our life is supposed to count. There are four things, there are, I mean, areas of walking worthy of the Lord. Ephesians chapter 4, from verse 1 to 3. Verse 1 says, I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you are called. The first thing is to walk worthy of the call. Now, there is the first general call, which is the call of salvation, or being born again, that you've already responded to. And if you are watching or listening, and you haven't responded to that call, you can respond at the end of this message. We are called to walk worthy of the call. Then, beyond the general call, there is a specific call for each and every one of us. He has something, he has planned and purpose for us to do in the kingdom of God. Then two, we are called to walk worthy of the Lord. Colossians 1.10 Called to walk worthy of the Lord. He says that you may walk worthy of the Lord. Fully pleasing him. Notice this verse. Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Called to walk worthy of the Lord. That refers to our conduct before the world. Our lifestyle. And then being fruitful. That's what we are talking about in this season. It's not just to sit around. No, no, no. Being fruitful. <laughs> In the knowledge and increasing in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And some people have lived for God and in some cases even died for the Lord. The people that you remember are people that walked and laid down their lives to serve others. We remember Mother Teresa in Calcutta, India. She laid down her life to serve others. 
and then fall. Thank you, Lord. We must walk worthy of God. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 12. He says that you should walk worthy of God who called you into his own kingdom and glory. Into his kingdom and glory. So to be fruitful, it starts with our hearts to say. I said earlier that our service comes from a place of gratitude. We remember what God has done for us. We remember, he says he's called us into his kingdom. He's called us into his kingdom from the kingdom of darkness. And it is as we lay down our life for others. Oh my Lord and my God. That is where the greatness in the kingdom is. That is when life becomes meaningful. That is when our lives come. Jesus said, I've done this to you. It's, it's not knowing about it. It is you are blessed. That is what we want to enjoy the blessing. Blessed are you if you do them. So the question becomes, who are we to serve? Who are we called to serve? Because the person serving others is the one that is the greatest. God and others is the one that is the greatest in the kingdom of God. Who are we to serve? Because we belong to the household of God. Now, this is in the order of priority. The first thing is, we must serve God. That's the first one. And how do we serve? Notice what the psalmist says in Psalm 100. It says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Hallelujah. Come before his presence with singing. Because verse 5 says, For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. No, because the Lord is good. Because the Lord has been good to us. That is why we serve the Lord. How do we serve him? Through evangelism, missions, through telling others about him, through our giving, our lifestyle, giving of our tithes, our offerings, so that others can also hear the gospel. Through our thanksgiving, our praise, our worship. You see, the service comes out, as I said earlier, comes out of a heart of gratitude. There are 11 things that God has done for us 11 of them from ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 all the way through 18 that jesus has done for us 
Ephesians 1.3 talks about the fact that he's already blessed us with all spiritual blessing there is in the heavenly places. That's one. Two, in Ephesians 1.4, he has chosen us. My Lord, what a privilege to be chosen of the Lord. Three, he has predestined us. These are all things that Jesus did for us. For in verse 6, he, says, he talks about the fact that he has accepted us. He has accepted us. In the beloved. Oh my Lord and my God. Look at us. For God to accept us into the family of God is a privilege. Five, in Ephesians 1.7a, he has redeemed us. That word redemption is heavy. We are available on the market for the devil to do anything to us that he wanted. And Jesus Christ came and bought us off the market. And put a note on us, it's not available anymore. <laughs> what an awesome thing. Five, Ephesians 1.7a, he has redeemed us. Six, Ephesians 1.7b, he has forgiven us. My Lord, some of us, if God didn't forgive us, we don't know where we'll have been. <laughs> Actually, that weather is remitted. He remitted our sins. I see it never existed. Thank you, Lord. This is a place to pause. Somebody is watching or listening. You are at the place. You are condemning yourself. You have written yourself up. You have said, I've messed it up. I've blown it up. My sins are way too many. There's no way that God can give me a new beginning. But this morning, in the name of Jesus, God says he's giving you a new beginning. God says he's giving you a new beginning. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Seven, he has abounded toward us. And then eight, in Ephesians 1, 9, he has made to us, made known to us, the mystery of his will. Not everybody knows the will of God. People that don't know, know God don't, don't know it. He has made known to us the mystery of his will. Nine, he has sealed us in the Holy Spirit, in Ephesians 1.13. We were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. These are all things that God has done for us. Ten, in Ephesians 1.18, he has enlightened us. He has enlightened our understanding, opened our eyes. The eleventh one. He has made us, raised us up to sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. These are all things that he has done for us. The question is, what are we doing? That is why our service comes from a place 
of gratitude. And that is where our fruitfulness starts. Lord, I thank you so much for what you have done for me. And so one, we serve God. Who are we to serve? We serve God with gladness. The attitude counts. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 47. He says, because you did not serve the Lord with joy, your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. Therefore, you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger, in thirst, in nakedness, and in need of everything. And he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. So the attitude with which we serve the Lord makes all the difference. I see you serving the Lord with gladness. With joy and gladness. Thank you so much, Lord, for what you have done for me. That's what drives me. I must get this thing to everybody, everybody possible that you can. Who can I be a blessing to today? So who are we to serve? One, we serve God. Two. And this is in the order of priority. We are also called to serve the family of God. We are called to serve the family of God. Galatians chapter 6. Thank you, Lord. Verse 10. He says, Therefore, as we have opportunity... Let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Notice he calls us the household of faith. Jesus. We can stay there for a long time. As we have opportunity, let us serve the people of God. And involves serving, doing, I mean, the service that we do in the chair, the various departments, when people are in need, the service that we do for them. That's one aspect. As we have opportunity, let us do good to all. Those who are the household of faith. Because we see that the, the truth of the matter is when we serve God and serve people, the people of God. Jesus said, in as much as you have done it to the least of these, you have done it to me. That means you have to be very cautious when you are dealing with the people of God. If you do good to them, you've done it to Jesus. If you don't do good to them, you've done it to Jesus. <laughs> we are so united with the Lord Jesus Christ that the Bible talks about the fact that he is touched with the feeling of our infirmity. He is touched with what you are going through. And when any member of the body of Christ is hurt, or you hurt any member of, the body of, member of the body of Christ, it touches him as well. If you don't know, ask the Apostle Paul when you see him in heaven. He was angry. Before you got saved, he was very mean. Wild. He's anti-God and his people. Well, he thinks he's serving God. But he's against the people of God. And he's out 
to put them into prison, persecute them. And one day, God knocked him off his high horse. That's how I like to put it. He's driving on the way to Damascus. And when Jesus met him, he said to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, no, I'm not, I'm not persecuting you. I don't even know you. Who are you? But you see, what he was doing to the Christians, Jesus considered that he was doing it against him because they are part of the body of Christ. That's how close we are to him. Your head is not separated from your legs. I mean, is it? You didn't drive here with your head alone. No, no, no. <laughs> Who just drove here with your head alone? To church this morning, you got up and your head only just drove here. No, 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 no. You came with your whole self. <laughs> so he calls Jesus the head, and we are the body. So what affects the the body affects the head. So as we have opportunity, he says, let us do good to others, especially when you are dealing with a household of faith. Somebody is watching and you, you said, I, I don't care about God. I don't want anything to do with him. But in the name of the Lord Jesus, this morning the light of God's word is coming to you. And as the light of God's word comes to you, make a total surrender of your life to the Lord. That is where your fruitfulness starts. I see somebody, your life will count for God in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. As we have opportunity, let us be a blessing to those of the household of faith. Thank you, Lord. Three. We serve our human family, the family that we have. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22, 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 4, and then also verse 8. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And then 4, who are we to serve? We serve our fellow men, our fellow people. Romans chapter 1 verse 14, 1 Corinthians Chapter 9, verse 11 to 13. We serve our fellow human beings. And it makes all the difference. Every day, look for an opportunity. The Good Samaritan is, illustrates that very well. You see, the priest and the believer, they pass by. You see, they are traveled to Jerusalem. And when they were coming back, it was no excuse to pass by that person. They, they had an allowance that was given to them. Every day, they are broken lines all around us. We just have to open our eyes and say, Lord, take my life and use it for your glory. It's easy to pass by and say they deserve it. Why do you, I mean, because that, no, that road was known for, it's a very dangerous road. Why do you go and drive by this road when there are known robbers and thieves along this path? It's, it's on you. Broken lies. Why did you engage... Get started with alcoholism to start with, with drugs, with prostitution to end up in this spot. But we can let the compassion of God arise. Sure, we are responsible. Everyone is responsible for their life. But we can let the compassion arise from within us. And say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Broken lies. 
all around us on the path of life. Let me do my part. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. 5, 7, the stranger, the outcast. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 to 48. Luke chapter 6, verse 20 to 49. James 2, 15 to 18. Someone said, people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. It says in James chapter 2, verse 15, it says, If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warm and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? That's also faith by itself. It does not have, if it does not have works, it's dead. But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith by your works, and I will show you my faith by my works, or we must say, is by my corresponding action. And everybody, no matter who you are, you can make a difference. There was a certain young man. His name is Dr. Chang. When he was a sophomore in high school, somebody took him to church. When he went to church, the verse that he saw written on the wall was, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He got so touched and convicted by that word, that he gave his life to the Lord. And when he gave his life to the Lord, he just went back to school and said, this is so good. Everybody must hear it. And he started telling his teachers, telling his students. And pretty soon, 10 people started following him. 20 people started following him. 30 and eventually 90 people from his school started following him. Then he, he was so intelligent, he got a scholarship. He studied nuclear engineering at MIT. And when he went back to his country, South Korea, he became a professor in the, in the school and went, became a dean and gradually became uh, the president of the university. But the whole time, his life goal and his life vision was to make an influence and a difference in the lives of the students in the university. He's using his intelligence for God. <laughs> Nuclear engineering. That's not an easy question. A lot of maths, like electrical engineering. Whatever God has blessed you with, one of these days he's going to come and ask you, what are you doing with it? He made this statement. He said, as I look at my past life, the most meaningful thing I did was meeting Jesus when I was a sophomore in high school. The Bible study at the time helped my faith to stand firm on the scriptural words. And it became a faith asset that guides my life. The gospel is about life or death. Probably a person can give you money at most several million dollars or a hundred million dollars or whatever the amount is. However, no one can give life to you. I would like to give you focus not on the value of something that is before my eyes but on the value of something that is far away that is value the value of what is eternal whatever talent you have whatever gift god god, is, god has given you one of these days is going to come and ask and he's going to demand it that i need it but seven is the key 
to fruitfulness. You may be a school teacher. You may be an administrator. You, I mean, Daniel and his three friends in Babylon, they were students. They are taking them from, from the land of Israel and brought them into to Babylon. And he rose through the ranks and became a vice president. But when he got there, one of the first things he did was they were feeding everybody with the king's meat. And the king's meat had been offered to idols. When they gave it to them, they said, no, 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 we're with vegetables. We are not going to partake of food. They are preparing them for royalty. And when they chose God and stayed on his side, by the end of the 10 days, the Bible says that they were looking much better. They looked fresh and nice. <laughs> than the people that were feeding on the king's meat. Every time you make a stand for God, that is the beginning of your fruitfulness. Notice what the Bible says about them in Daniel 1.20. He says, And in all matters of wisdom and understanding, about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. Ten times better. When they did an examination, these people excel. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, wherever God has placed you, I decree and I declare that you will excel in Jesus' mighty name. You will be fruitful in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Your light will shine. My Lord and my God. Thank God for his presence. That's why we started. Good works has been prepared ahead for each and every one of them. In Luke chapter 13 verse 17, he says, Look, for three years I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does he use up the ground? So every year, right, child of God, God comes seeking fruit. It's not just coming and listening to the messages and enjoying them. He comes seeking fruit. He comes seeking fruit. He comes seeking fruit. He comes seeking fruit. The lack of fruit is so repulsive to God. God doesn't like that. In here he says, cut it down. In Mark chapter 11, we know about the story where Jesus uh, the disciples said he cursed the fig tree. But really, Jesus was passing by. And verse 12 downwards, he's looking for fruit from the tree. Because it had leaves. Uh, it was not the season for figs. But those figs that retain their leaves also retain their fruit. He's looking for fruit. He doesn't see fruit. And he answered the tree. That means that the tree said something to him. He answered the tree in response to it, verse 14. He says, no one eat fruit from you ever again. In the other place, he says, cut it down. And the fig tree 
begun to dry out from the root. When you are not bearing fruit, you are drying out from within. But in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, your life will count. You're not just write on a stone somewhere, on a building somewhere that you were here. What's the purpose of that? You were here, what is the purpose? You were here and you made a difference. You were here and your life counted. You were here and many people came to the Lord through you. You were here and your service to God and service to other people around you made all the difference. My Lord and my God, I see a company of people uh, who are on fire for God, who, are, who love God with all their everything, their time, their talent, their treasure belongs to the Lord. And in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, as we do that, our generation will be impacted and others coming after us. If Jesus doesn't come, we'll pass over the baton to them and this fire will keep continuing and going. Thank you, Lord. He comes looking for fruit. Thank you, Lord, for putting a hedge around me. Thank you, Lord, for protecting me. Thank you, Lord, that I am alive for such a time as this. Thank you for all these things you have done for me. Think about, sometimes, sometimes we, we, we think about what hasn't happened yet, but we forget about the times that God protected us. One time, as a young lady, they were racing, racing cars. And while they were racing, the police person stopped the lady and said, why are you driving at this speed? I'm, I'm going to write a ticket for you. And she said, I'm a student, I'm a child, please, uh, do I deserve to have this ticket? A police person asked them, were you driving at student speed? <laughs> <laughs> Don't use that as an excuse. <laughs> so she got her ticket. <laughs> but when she, when she left the place and went ahead, the others had gone ahead in the speeding thing that they were doing. When she got ahead, their cars had tumbled over. They ran into something, a car or something. And she said, when I got there, the person in the other car, was it went from blue straight to pink to, to red and and he was what and the person was what how, how did you make it out here <laughs> but none of them made it she saw that person in the car the leg had gone underneath the thing terrible accident and later on she got a wake-up call and gave her life to jesus And she began to minister for the Lord. Do you think God will not be looking for fruit from a person like that? He spared your life. He spared our lives. We are here for a purpose. We are here on a mission. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. We trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. 
Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk, so sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719-235-5535.